Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hour number two, we are taking you right up to noon, then we'll hand it off to D'Lo and KC. Been talking a ton of Sacramento Kings as they gear up not only for the NBA trade deadline, but they also face the Boston Celtics tonight <clears throat> at the Golden One Center. Uh, to talk about the trade deadline, though, uh, let's bring in Yahoo's Jake Fisher. He is also the author of Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. Jake, uh, thank you so much for hopping on with us today. Uh, we really appreciate your time, man. You got it. Here from Orlando at the G League Showcase. So happy, happy to take a minute to get away from this whole circus. <laughs> I hear that's the spot this time of year is to be hanging out at the G League Showcase. Yeah, it's kind of like the NBA's version of winter meetings. I mean, there's every GM in the league is here sitting at a conference table looking at all these games. So and it's, you were... uh, it's a good place to rub some elbows. Awesome. Uh, well, hey, so you've been all over this this reporting, all the, all the NBA trade rumors regarding – uh, specifically the the Toronto Raptors and the Sacramento Kings, and are they involved? Are they not? My my first question for you, Jake, is: Do you foresee OG Ananobi actually getting dealt? Because for me, it's like all the reasons that all these teams would want to trade for OG. That seems like a great reason for the Raptors to want to keep him. Yeah, it's the great conundrum of all these trade deadline, you know, top tier candidates, right? I think it definitely seems like. Pascal Siakam is the real trade candidate that people are more expecting to be eligible to move this year, just being that he's a lot older and he's going to be more and more expensive. It's going to be a challenge, I think, for him to find a team that wants to give him that contract. But the rappers also haven't shown as much interest to do that either. So I, I think he's the one who's, probably more likely out the door than anybody in, in Toronto. You know, Jake, uh, your your piece that you wrote the other day, it mentions the, the Sacramento Kings being interested in, or at least per, a cursory part of discussions for guys like Zach Levine and OG yeah. and Pascal, but also uh, Laurie Marketing. Why is it, do you think, that the Kings are thrown in every single potential major trade that has ever happened in the NBA over the last three years? I think it's as simple as Monty McNair comes from the Daryl Morey front office tree where that's what you do. When game-changing players are in theory available, even you know the, the doors open just the slightest inch you know, with marketing in Utah, I don't know, that couldn't be trade. I was just talking to someone here yesterday very close to that situation who said, he doesn't think anything's going to happen, but the Jazz are telling teams to make, make their offers. So the Kings, just like any smart, pragmatic team, they're going to at least check that temperature, I think, whenever somebody like that becomes available. So uh, I, I just think that's smart business. It doesn't necessarily mean they're always going to get something done. But like I remember talking to Chandler Parsons years ago uh, when I was working on my book, and he said to me you know, during those Houston years that he was there with Daryl, that it even felt good for players who were part of that core to know that their front office is kind of always looking to make that thing better. So I think that's where it comes from. Talking with Jake Fisher, he covers the NBA for Yahoo Sports. He's actually down there at the G League Showcase in Orlando right now. Uh, Jake, do you get the idea that 
Because out here, it's like the the Kings are not going to trade Keegan Murray. Is Keegan Murray the piece that has to be on the table for for a team that wants to make a deal with Sacramento? I think that's going to be the asking point, especially when we talk about Toronto. I mean, the Raptors, when teams call them asking about their players, they're saying, we'll give us everything in the kitchen sink. And I think with Utah, I mean, that's probably going to have to be a consideration if you're thinking about Larry market and considering what the Jazz price point is. But I'd be absolutely forward if the Kings moved on from Keegan. I think this is not a Tyrese Halliburton situation from a couple of years ago. I think Sacramento, from all my conversations, values him as an absolutely like elemental piece of this franchise between Pierre Fox and Tamana Savonis in their lineup. And he's, I mean, they, they, they took him number four overall, and a lot of people in the NBA would have taken Jaden Ivey. There's that, you know, kind of viral video in Detroit where they were like snickering to themselves in their war room, and Ivey fell to them. And the Kings have been so high on this dude for a long, long time throughout that pre-draft process. I would just be shocked if they ever really considered something like that. Yeah, I don't see them even considering it either, Jake. Uh, of course, we're talking to Jake Fisher from yahoo sports um what do you think about this trade deadline jake is it going to be a wild one or are we going to have a whole lot of talk and a whole lot of nothing come february 8th i think it will be active the last couple of years there's been a lot of activities not necessarily a ton of you know all nba all-star guys changing hands every single year but i think the fact that we're in this new era where the playing tournament gives pretty much every single team outside of the very bottom seller of the league. You know, right now, pretty much everyone outside of Detroit and San Antonio, like, you know, even, even the Charlotte Hornets could probably convince themselves that they're just a couple of, you know, Amelo comes back and you get a couple of injury things working out in our favor, just some, some fortunate matches on the schedule. I'm like, we can make one more addition here. Not to say the, the Hornets do think themselves as a buyer, but, that just goes to that just goes to show like the range of teams that I think are going to be willing to put on one first round pick on the table to try to get somebody, especially being that you know the G League Ignite are playing right now. Every single every single front office has a contingent watching them play the Canton Charge, you know, 100 feet from me, where Ron Holland's supposed to be a top pick. Uh, Montes, I'm going to not, not be able to pronounce his last name correctly. I'm not even going to say it. Uh, it's supposed to be a top pick, and like no one's right now looking at this game thinking that there's a bona fide guy in the top five of this draft. I think there's going to be a lot of first round picks available to be spent for teams who think they've got just a couple of tweaks to make to move themselves closer to the playoff picture, to the championship picture, than we usually see in, in years past when teams clutch those first rounders like precious jewels. All right, Jake, uh, we know you're a busy man down there in Orlando, but I want to ask you about your book, uh, Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. Um, We we have a lot of Kings fans in this this area that are listening intently, and maybe they don't know. What is it that they can get from your book when it comes to the Sacramento Kings tanking and and sort of like this avenue? Because I I love the topic. It's a great book, uh, and... And I think that you have a unique perspective on tanking. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to do another quick push during the holiday season about it. So I think from a King's, perspective, a King's fan perspective, right now, if you're reading it, it's, it's a really good look back at, like, how tough a rebuild actually is to get to the point where the Kings are. So I really appreciate how hard roster construction is as an exercise there. I talked to over 300 people around the whole league, but a lot of people around Sacramento too, about you know the early days of the Vets ownership and the craziness that came with George Carl's tenure. And there's one fascinating story in there. We're at Summer League. The Kings coaches, uh, even before George Carl came into play, with Michael Malone's staff, they all went to lunch. And they were hearing uh, all the rumors about George Carl coming into town, potentially you know being the replacement. And they're all having lunch, and it's a random spot on the strip. And lo and behold, who walks in as they're walking out but Vivek and Chris Mullen and, and George Carl. So that's stuff like that, that that you just can't really script that are just wild behind-the-scenes stories that happen in the NBA. And for a long time, as King fans know, it was quite a circus 
in Sacramento. So I think it, I think it could be a fun trip down memory lane for a lot of Sacramento fans to even just like better appreciate. I, I know it's being so appreciated right now, but just sometimes to look back at where you came from helps kind of reestablish how great a, a current situation you're in. That sounds incredible. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. Jake, I uh, really appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for hopping on with us, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jake. <clears throat> yeah, that book sounds fascinating. Make sure you're uh, following Jake's stuff at uh, Yahoo Sports. He's been all over the NBA trade deadline, and uh, we will make sure to uh, stay in touch with him as the news keeps coming down. But, man, that book sounds fascinating. Yeah, it is. And what I like about Jake is not only, like, the book is so well-researched and everything. Like, he's had 300-plus people, like, mm-hmm. But what I like about Jake is he isn't afraid to put out some of the stuff that he hears. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like the the trade they aren't trade rumors, but it's like this is what like some of the things that are being talked about. Just like in this last like huge trade piece, it's like mm-hmm. you you really understand that Zach Levine would like to come to Sacramento. Whether Sacramento mm-hmm. would like Zach Levine to come to Sacramento or not is is neither here nor there. Right. But also like what Toronto if Toronto. You're going to go in on OG and Anobi or Pascal Siakam. Okay, well, that's fine, but it's also going to cost you if that's what you think that you you mm-hmm. you want one of our guys, like the starting phone mm-hmm. conversation is about Keegan Murray. And so I think it's unique because it's like you can get a different angle on trades mm-hmm. by having someone who's like throwing out things that, that aren't going to happen today, but mm-hmm. that you get at Bread least crumbs. one side of the story mm-hmm. so the other side can be chased as well. As people who do a radio show and um, do a radio show on the back of speculation, rumors, particularly educated speculation and rumors mm-hmm. and little trade breadcrumbs, it is greatly appreciated, let me tell you. So he brought up something in there as he, as he was talking about his book about the the difficulties of team building. And while the Kings have done a lot of things right, more than most teams over the last couple of seasons, uh, you texted me last night about something they might have missed on. A couple of things they might have missed on. Yeah. This offseason. We'll talk about that next. He's James M. Coward, the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Now we're back in here. I'm Kyle, that's James. So somebody threw this in the chat and I want to talk about the team building stuff. But just real quick, James. Somebody uh Terrence threw this in the chat. Would you trade straight across Kevin Herter for Bruce Brown? That's a tough one. I would. I, I yeah. I mean, in the current roster construction, probably. Yeah, and, and because he can, you know, multi-positional player, twenty-seven years old. Um, he's not a great three-point shooter, but he's aggressive. He rebounds. He he's a good playmaker. He's a good steal guy. Excellent defender. I think what you're just looking at is the difference between, like, it, it's two different routes in team building. Mm-hmm. Right, so I think it does play into your greater discussion of, of team building, and I mm-hmm. think when you get to a certain point when you're building out a roster and, you, and you're you're creating something, you get to certain points where you plateau and you look at your team and go, okay, what do I need to get over the the hump? It, it how do I how do I change pieces to make this work better? Sure, and you know I always go back to like the O two, well, the golden era of Kings, nineteen ninety eight to two thousand six, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a point where you understood that that you had kind of run your course with Jason Williams and that Mike Bibby was a safer player, not mm-hmm. a better player, not a more dynamic player, but a better shooter, a safer overall player. Mm-hmm. But in order to have a guy like him, you needed a different type of shooting guard. So while you still had Peja and you still had Vlade and you still had uh, Weber, you had like this this great, front line that was up and coming as a group there was this moment where you had to make really tough decisions and switch gears so that's kind of you're going to run into it like a year and a half in two years in where you go okay this piece is good 
mm-hmm. but we need something. It doesn't even have to be a better player. Mm-hmm. It has to be a different, you know, a different type of player, a different fit that could help you move the thing along. So like a, a Nick Anderson or, you know, like all the, the shooting guards that the Kings had before they landed on Doug Christie. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Doug Christie and Jason Williams were going to be a perfect fit forever, but certainly Mike Bibby and Doug Christie were a perfect fit as mm-hmm. a backcourt. A defensive-minded guy who can really handle the ball and set up players and an offensive-minded guy who would float on the perimeter space of floor and create space. Mm-hmm. And I think the Kings could get into a situation where that's exactly what they have to keep doing. And De'Aaron Fox at thirty uh, at 33% shooting from three and De'Aaron Fox at 38% shooting from three are a t- is a totally different player. And mm-hmm. it means that you can put a totally different player alongside him. Because if teams have to go over the screen and stick with De'Aaron Fox on the three-point shot, Mm -hmm. that means that you can have a more defensive-minded, less offensive shooting shooting guard next to him. Mm -hmm. And and that's just like a team is always evolving. It's always changing. And I I think this is part of the organic growth of the Kings where you can see where a player could fit better than another player. Bruce Brown's just got some dog in him. He does. That's that like... I Kevin Herter in a vacuum is probably a better NBA player than Bruce Brown. Okay. But Bruce, there's an and I I hate doing this cuz I I like to be able to like empirically back up what I but you can't measure dog. <laughs> and I just rock with Bruce Brown in that way. No, I, I like, get that. In a tough spot, you need somebody to go get you a bucket and for whatever reason they double De'Aaron and it gets to Bruce Brown, you feel really good about Bruce Brown going and getting you a bucket. Okay. And I, 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 frankly, I don't with Kevin Herter. When it comes to him, I think it's, it's a, the defensive side. You have no questions about whether or not he's going to be able to hold up his end of the bargain. Is mm-hmm. it going to be perfect? Is he going to stop a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? Is he going to be able to do that? No one can. Like the sure. the league is built for offensive players to to play better offense. Mm-hmm. Like that's how the league is built. It's the Michael Jordan rules. I mean, the, you change the game so uh, like high level perimeter players can go and score and do their thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you know, like a guy like Bruce Brown really does fit what the Kings. You know, you just want to make life difficult. Just like Doug Christie, he didn't ever stop Kobe, but he made life difficult on Kobe. Mm-hmm. He made him work and. That's how you, you know, when you're dealing with a game of inches, Mm -hmm. that's how sometimes you get by. You just make somebody work that little bit extra. Right. That guy's going to get up 25 shots. Can you make him go 12 for 25 instead of 18 for 25? Yeah. Or can you make him, can you have a game where he goes nine for 25? Yeah. Yeah. And and not every game where he's 16 of 25. Yeah. You know, so it's those small pieces that you're looking for. And, and again, I think that uh, the Kings have done a really good job of building out the roster now, mm-hmm. but it's the roster to like, it's almost like the starter template. Mm-hmm. And then they ran it back with the same starter template and you need to see how it looks in year two. We already have enough of a sample size to to see where you need improvements and where you can figure things where mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to uh, like work out. But I'd also, I think Jake Fisher made a really good point that was hiding in that. And I know it wasn't the greatest audio, Mm -hmm. but he said that Monty McNair comes from the Daryl Morey tree and the Daryl Morey tree is always chase a star. Oh, if you can get a star, a hook liner, whatever you go get the star because you can find the pieces to go around them. And that's where I think why we see Monty McNair chase every single one of these guys and you hear the Kings involved in all of these trades because they don't have the three stars right now that they think that they need. Maybe they do, but for today, do you? Mm-hmm. And and if you can add that piece and then somehow still have a young player that becomes a star and helps carry forward what you're doing, that's that's how the Moray tree looks. Mm-hmm. That's how they, they search out superstars. And they, they don't do the... Um, the Sam Hankey tank and keep yeah. tanking until you find a superstar. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. Uh, this is, it's just their avenues is totally different. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, that the, the Philadelphia Eagles, as we go cross sport here. Yeah. Howie Roseman, their GM is from everything I've heard and read about Howie Roseman. He is just constantly on the phone. This running back has a good game. He's calling and going, Hey, will you take a third round pick for that running back? 
No, okay. Oh, what you, worst they're going to say is no. Yeah. And that's just, dude, just constantly being on the phone because who knows, maybe you fall backwards into a starting, uh, a guy that, that's in your starting rotation. <laughs> starting rotation. That's in your starting lineup, mm-hmm. that is in your rotation for a couple of second round picks. Because oh, yeah, you're totally. just on the phone and making these calls, and maybe some team is fed up with a guy, or maybe a GM is just dumb or panicking, and all of a sudden you fleece a team in a deal just by working the phone and being on the phone. So that's why that's another reason I, I, everything you laid out, and then just dude being in contact with teams, knowing that they're open for business, knowing who's open for business, letting them know you're open for business. Yeah, I think also I, that's where you just have to be a good communicator. Mm-hmm. And that's why things like the G League Showcase are so big mm-hmm. because you get everybody together, everyone's hanging out, uh, drinks are, are had, uh, you know, folks are going out to dinner mm-hmm. and you just, sometimes you just spitball. You're sitting alongside somebody and saying, hey, I, I like this player and this player on your roster. And, uh, you know, what do you like on my roster? Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just a general question. What do you like on my roster? Is there a player on, on my roster that uh, that you're interested in that you think could make your team better. And sure. let's just exchange some ideas. Um, and then it's also where you get into these three and four team trades. Mm-hmm. Like those things don't happen overnight. Yeah, right. And, yeah, it's a long process. Yeah, and I, I know I, I heard um, Wes Wilcox said one time, like half like half the teams in the league, I'm, half the GMs in the league I'm really good with, uh, like, like twenty five percent, I'm I'm okay with, and then twenty five percent, I'm you know, like we're not Just that close, on. right? Yeah. He's like, but that's probably a good thing because you need all of that to push yourself and to be mm-hmm. to create some sort of momentum, and you need to be able to reach out to a team that you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. and have them reach out to a team that maybe you're not to involve them in a three way uh, yeah, trade, yeah. And, and these things all they come together in weird dynamic ways. But that's kind of, you shouldn't be okay with everybody. Everyone shouldn't like your approach. And if if they do, if everyone likes your approach, you probably have a really, really bad team. <laughs> sure. If you're sure. everyone's favorite guy, that means that you gave them something that you probably shouldn't have at some point. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I there's no harm in opening those doors and opening those conversations because maybe you run into a GM who loved Davion Mitchell during the scouting process and is like, we would love to have Davion Mitchell and we will give you this player you like and a pick for him. Mm -hmm. And you fall backwards into that. So I think that's another reason we're going to see the Kings involved in a lot of this stuff. We didn't even get to the actual team building thing that we want to talk about. Oh, that's not good. That's actually, I mean, that is good. It is good because the conversation's flowing. Yeah, I have some Christmas stuff I want to talk about. It's not like we were talking about that. Oh man, I don't want to talk Christmas stuff, Kyle. You don't? I do. I oh, do okay. want to talk. I do want to talk. Christmas I mean, do that stuff. next. Uh, that's fine. Or tomorrow, Friday, uh, whatever. I like Christmas. Me too. Big Christmas guy. You know what else I am? I'm a big Golden Sky 2024 guy. Let me tell you, can't wait for the. Role. I call it the G Sky, the G Sky 2024. If you want to get in on the slang. Uh, Golden Sky 2024, that is going to be a big, excuse me, that is going to be three, not just one, three big routed days of country music and all the festival fixings you can handle under the sun and stars. Uh, Get your crew lined up because ESPN 1320, that's us. We're going to have your chance to win weekend passes. All you have to do right now, visit ESPN1320.com and fill out the online entry form for a chance to win two weekend passes and qualify to upgrade to two VIP weekend passes if you're going to experience g sky 2024 you're going to want to qualify to upgrade to those vip passes because vip is the way to go vip yeah and all my experiences at golden sky which are plentiful plentiful Mm -hmm. all right not you know totally it's a thing that i've it's the festival fixings that i'm there for the festival fixing sounds good yeah but if I got to wear a giant belt buckle to get in the door, <laughs> I ain't going, Kyle. If somebody, dude, if I'm if I'm at a restaurant and I can order a baked potato with fixins and expelled F-I-X and apostrophe S, Ooh. I'm in there. Oh, That's yeah. about to be the best baked potato I've ever had. All right. All right. 
I like a good baked potato, Kyle. Now have, I'm hungry. We have actual team building stuff to get to. And we've talked a lot about OG Ananobi. I don't think he's actually going to get traded. We'll talk about that next on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Leader. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento Sports Leader. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Watching the Warriors beat the Celtics in overtime last night. <laughs> and we were kind of talking about it just, you know, talking about what was going on in the game. Hey, it's helps the Kings. Oh, it's going overtime. Holy crap, Steph, et cetera, et cetera. Things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Crab Rangoons, things of that nature. And you said something fascinating to me that as a, as a host of a radio show, when somebody says something like this, especially somebody like you who's around the team and is, a, is, a, is on the beat uh, and, and knows as much or more than, than anybody else about the inner workings of, of that franchise, when you say something like this to me, my antennas go up because you don't say things like this lightly. Yeah, haphazardly. More or less, and I'll let you crack this open and dive into it, but more or less you were like, eh, Kings messed up with the Miascada. Yeah, so, I mean, okay, like, people should understand. I, I don't have some delusions of grandeur about Nemeas Keda. Uh, I mean, he's played six games this year for the Boston Celtics, um, but we're talking about a 24-year-old big man who is, like, he fit, he checks so many of the boxes, and I get the Kings are at a point where they want to, they, going out and finding a veteran to play the backup center position makes a lot of sense, Right. And then when you went out and you you got like three of them, then that became even more difficult. So I understand why they cut Nimbius Keda. They cut him so he could go and um, and flourish elsewhere if he can. They cut him early. Uh, they cut him and Nerland so well at the same time. But I think at the end of the day, you're watching a player who, if he can get on the floor with the Boston Celtics, there's a good chance he could have gone on the floor with you. And we've already seen that, like some of the players. Well, Alex Len unfortunately has been unhealthy. Uh, he's he's you know out six to eight weeks with an ankle injury. He's probably still a week or two away at a minimum. Uh, we've seen Javale McGee like hasn't even been in the rotation a couple of nights this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't see how keeping around a twenty-four-year-old seven-foot-one dude who was uh M- what was he the MVP of the G League or the runner-up MVP. All, all G League first team, all G League first team uh, defense. Like, you asked him to do certain things, and he went and did those things, and he flourished, and he was great. And now your G League team is not very good, 
And it's because part of it is because you don't have him as, on it. Mm. And I know at some point you have to, you know, he didn't want to take a, a, a two-way contract again, although he took one in Boston. Um, <laughs> sure. But there came a point where, like, did you really get better by bringing in guys that, you know, I, I would have brought in one of Alex Lynn or JaVale McGee and kept and kept Nemeas Keda. Just in case, Kyle, just in case he's really good. And, and I don't mean really good as in really good. He's a starter and a and an all-NBA player. I mean really good as in he he could fit in as a role player on the end of your bench. So that's 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 what's kind of interesting about that is I mean the Kings here let me let's let's get this on the table. The Kings aren't going to win and lose an NBA championship this year because of Nemeas Keda or Alex Lander or JaVale McGee. Nope. Like that is if if any of that trio is playing a lot, something has gone terribly wrong. Yep. So that's not that's not what this is about. This is just about the fringes of the roster and and trying to just maximize uh the 15 spots they have. Mm-hmm. And with with Keda I, I maybe he's not a veteran like JaVale McGee who's been around and he's seen everything and he's been on title teams and he knows his role and this and that. But what I, I, I don't understand, I guess, the idea of let's keep Alex Len and JaVale McGee and then get rid of this 24-year-old who may or may not be something. And that's the thing is, is we're not saying to me as Kata is going to go be an all-star, but why not bet on the 24-year-old instead of somebody like JaVale, who even in in a, hey, he's going to play a ton of minutes world, is playing 12 minutes. Yeah. Like, Demias Kata couldn't have done that? Couldn't have played those 12? He was that much worse that you just let him bounce? Uh, yeah, and what I, I would say, too, we're talking about the... Philosophically, that's, that's interesting to me it, that they would do that. Yeah, it's the fourth center position. Because yeah. even your... your Third center is is Trey Lyles. He might even be your second center, yeah, which he was the other night, yeah. right? So like that that changes everything. But like Nabias Kate is a huge man, and he blocks shots, point. and he rebounds, and he's really good in the pick and roll. Sets huge screens. Like some of the things he does, the way he was developing as a passer, all those things. Like he was impactful in the game uh, yesterday against Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Twenty one minutes, ten points, ten boards, an assist, a steal, five of eight from the field. What was his plus minus though? Plus ten. Okay. He had another game against Orlando this year where he played eighteen minutes. He was a plus thirteen. He went four points, three boards, three blocks, two yeah. or three from the field. Well, that's the thing. You need a shot blocker, and like whether he swings at the ball or not, like Javale McGee really isn't much of a shot blocker anymore. No. Like he he blocks shots on occasion, but like there was a point where Malik Monk had more blocks than he did. You know, like that's. Oof. I mean. <laughs> That's not like, great. So, yeah, my point is that, like, if you're going to team build and you're going to look out, like, project out, then mm-hmm. I would have liked to have not seen them bring two 30-plus-year-old centers and to back up an all-NBA center, and especially since neither one of those two centers can run any of the play sets that, that your all-NBA center can run. Mm-hmm. It just changes the dynamic. And I know, like, Alex Len um, was a great teammate last year. Yeah. And, and a, a great table setter. And I get that... Uh, JaVale McGee has a huge tie to to Mike Brown. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen them at least give him a shot to go battle in, in preseason, in, in training camp. But then again, he doesn't land anywhere else if you do that. So, you know, that's yeah. a tough thing. Yeah. I, I, I Like I said, the, the interesting thing to me is just the philosophy of having two veteran centers who ostensibly play the same role, neither of which is a particularly big role. And when one of them isn't, is playing that means the other one's not. I don't understand the philosophy yeah. of keeping two veterans to do that instead of rolling the dice on a player who hey, you know what? Maybe in in 5 years he is playing 12 minutes 12 effective minutes a night for you, or 15 effective minutes a night for you. Yeah. You know you're not getting that out of Alex Len. You know you're not getting that out of JaVale McGee. I think my problem has always been it- it's not even whether he's going to play or not. It's that you don't have a player to come in off the bench who can do what Domas does. Well, even even like at a half dump, a dozen guys in the league who can. Well, no, but even at a dumbed down level, like if you just have a guy, okay, we say that that there's only twelve guys, but like I talk about Mason Plumlee all the time until people like want to like throw rocks at me. Um, but the other guy, like Kelly Olenek. 
Yeah, Kelly exactly. <laughs> Kelly Olenek, right? You can see how Kelly Olenek could run your offense. He, he yeah, absolutely. Had, you know, he had 13 assists against the Kings the other night, right? Yeah, dude, Kelly Olenek can hoop. Like, how did that happen? Now, defensively, he was a hot mess. He just, uh, like, he was Also, the thin headband thing, get out of my face. I hate it. Okay, you hate that. That, that makes sense. Not a fan. But that's where I'm like, hey, Namias Keita has more of the basic rudimentary traits of Demonis Sabonis than either Alex Len or JaVale McGee. And it brought us to the second point that we we had brought, uh, that I had brought up to you. It's that the other guy that they really should have just taken in the late second round, uh, who's just sitting there, is Trace Jackson Davis. A darling of King's Twitter. Trace Jackson Davis, everyone loved him, but they loved him because basically if you look at his college stats, he's a shot-blocking Domanus Sabonis. No perimeter shooting skills at all. Mm-hmm. Like he only took three threes his entire four-year career in college. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the fact that he can pass, he can get you 20 and 10, and that he can block shots, and then you watch him play on the Golden State Warriors against the uh against the Boston Celtics last night, and he's one of the biggest reasons they won. He's huge. He's a plus twenty-five. And a game they won by six in overtime. Yeah. This is no slight on, again, on like Jalen Slauson. But when he fell, when Trace Jackson Davis fell all the way down to where he was, and everyone knows that he wanted a, a roster right, spot. He right. wanted Not a, a two-way. And not a two-way. He wanted an NBA roster spot. Okay. Like, figure it out. That I, I mean, the Kings just signed uh, Juan Toscano Anderson to an extra roster spot because they had one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could have potentially had a player like this on your roster that you could have had at the G League playing. But, but again, the traits are there. And and again, this goes to the philosophy of this is a four-year college player who did all the things that you need a backup center to do. We know who he is. What I, I would love to know, and we, it, we never would, but I would love to know in the scouting process, what deterred them? Was it is it because he's old? Is it because he's, what is he, 23, he turns 24 in February? Where they were just like, yeah, no, we're not using a draft pick on a guy who's going to turn 24 in his rookie season. Well, the second that NBA teams passed on, that they knew he was falling to the second round, it was put out there like very clearly, like, look, he he will not be signing a two-way contract. He wants he wants well, to be on the but, main roster. Right, but that's fine. I, I just, if, if you're the Kings and you're watching what he does in college, yeah. And he's doing all these things that would be helpful alongside Demonis Sabonis. Well, that and if you're a team who values what players do in college, because they do. Mm-hmm. That's they, the Kings value what they know about as, a player. As, as and you, you look at his, you look at his stats, you're like, oh. So hey, look, I, I'm not like this. They've done a great job of of roster building, but mm-hmm. it, it's not like everything is always perfect mm-hmm. and they haven't missed. Because here and there, you do miss. I mean, I, like as of right now, they've. And and I'm not saying he's a bad player. They've missed on Davion Mitchell. Like sure. Davion Mitchell is a swing and a miss for this team. As a fit for the yeah. team, yeah. Well, like and he can go on to have a great career, but for this team, he's I mean, he's lost his job to Keon Ellis, mm-hmm. who's burning through his two way uh games left and right, mm-hmm. um, and who has deserved to play. But they also found Keon Ellis. So what am I you know, it, it's hard to like put this on him. On them fully. I'll also tell you, like, reminds was, me of the Trey Lance Brock Purdy thing. Yeah, like you swung and missed on Trey Lance, but you found Brock Purdy. So like, hmm. yeah, you swung and missed on Jimmer Fredette, but you found Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. That's, I mean, that you picked one that's guy at ten count. and one guy at sixty. Yeah, it's exactly what you're talking about. Like that happens, and I like that. Like historically, the Kings have gotten off of bad contracts when a guy mm-hmm. isn't going to fit. Um, but this is one of those times where it's like, hey, look, if you could just have a backup plan in place for a player. There's no replacing Demonis Sabonis, but if I have a player that does some of the similar things to him and I can put him in a starting position and, and have him run the offense way in any way, shape, or form that, that Domas is, then I, that's where I would go. Yeah, just Trace Jackson Davis, by the way, he's averaging just 10 minutes a game. He's played in 16 games, but his per 36 numbers, he's at 15 points, 10 and a half boards, and two assists. How many blocks? And 2.7 blocks yeah, and a those, steal. Those blocks for a team that needed needed a shot blocker. Now, whether he's a great defender or not is a whole other question. Whether he's a good shot blocker, he's a good shot blocker. See the block he had on Jalen Brown last is, night? Uh, awesome. Holy crap, man. Yeah. I, I like just, him. I like him it, a lot. It, and like the, the thing for me, and, and 
so the whole Namias Kata thing, if he was going to be your your fourth center, your third center, or whatever, that to mm-hmm. me, Trace Jackson Davis is the one that that was going to be a rookie who could either be your third center and you could confidently play 12 to 15 minutes a night or you could play him alongside Domas I think depending on how he develops in his rookie season like there were so many things that they could have used him for right away that would have made them better right away yeah that's 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 the bigger kind of uh I, I I hate saying miss because again we're talking about 13th 14th 15th roster spots yeah but that's that's the bigger kind of deal to me, or bigger issue, quote unquote. Yeah, and, and I mean these are like again they're they're back into the rotation, back into the roster guys that may or may not have an impact. But mm-hmm. um, and I will tell people like I know there's the the word on the street was that you know the Warriors were that was as far as Trace Jackson Davis was going because of course Mike Dunleavy's brother is his agent. <laughs> um, but I also know that that night they were hoping the Kings would select him. Yeah, so and, I mean it makes sense. Yeah, if you're a young player, it's a good spot to go. Um, Ed in our chat says, "I believe by next season, Colby Jones will play significant bench minutes." Yeah, that's another one. Like maybe Colby Jones is just coming off the bench and playing really well next year, and yeah, well, and I think everything's fine. And like Colby and Keon, that's why you he don't, doesn't fix the center stuff. But go no, ahead, sorry. but that's why you don't go out and spend like eighteen to twenty million dollars a year on Bruce Brown because you can. In a world you can create in in the NBA world, you can create that style of player, a three and D wing, thousand percent, especially using the G League the right way, a thousand percent. Which I think the Kings are doing. I, I think that that's they're helping to create those players, and it's something that uh, that we saw with Houston with uh, when when Monty McNair was there. Mm-hmm. They did an excellent job of developing Daniel House and like all of these, yeah, uh, just contributors, Tariq black, right? Mm-hmm. Like these type these weird specific types of players that just come in and do specific things mm-hmm. but you need those players so. yeah yeah that's that's the that's gonna be the the next level of if if keegan murray and demonis sabonis and De'Aaron fox are gonna be are gonna be their big three yep if keegan keeps developing the way they 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 believe he can in the way we're <laughs> we're seeing him develop over the last couple of weeks and you sign Malik Monk. Okay, now you're going to have to start filling in your roster with some less expensive options yeah. and some cheaper options. And that's where your late first-round picks, your second-round picks, your undrafted guys, developing them, developing the Colby Joneses of the world, developing the Keon Ellis's of the world, that's what's going to ultimately separate Sacramento. Well, especially if you go out and you trade for a guy like Pascal Siakam who wants $40 million a year, somebody's got to make nothing. <sighs> And you yeah. hope that they're generous and they, you know, they're helping each other out there. But, you know, like uh, most rookies, they got to go out there and, and and buy the Chick Fil A every single flight or or buy mm-hmm. donuts every day. And it's like, hey man, you like you make forty million dollars over there, and I'm like on a five hundred thousand dollar two way contract. Do uh, you think you could pick up? They the make tab? players buy the Chick Fil A for flights. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. my bad. My bad, Kenny. They're in charge. Yeah. You, you know, at, you guys talking about that brings up something that I thought about over the weekend with Malik, you know, uh, one of the plays telling Keegan, get your ass up. And De'Aaron talking about, <laughs> well, I'm great all the time. I don't know if every rookie would, in you know, embrace what goes on the way Keegan does. Like, they're having a good time with him. He understands, like, they love him. And, you know, they just giving him the rookie treatment, even though it's his second year. I don't know if that will go over well with every rookie. And that's a testament to Keegan and the relationship that he has with Fox and, and the entire team, really, man. I, I just thought it was really cool that they still have a good time with him and, you know, and he's accepting of it. Kenny Caraway of D'Lo and KC joining us now for the handoff. Yeah, I think that's a that's a testament to the culture. Like, Keegan, during this whole offseason, like, babysitting uh, D.R. and Fox Kid and his uncle Keegan and them them poking at each other in, in press conferences or specifically De'Aaron kind of poking at Keegan in press conferences and stuff. I think that's cool. That's fun. Yeah, I'd even say this, though. A lot of that is because that's who Keegan is. Keegan, and not only that, but that's who De'Aaron Fox was. He was quiet. He's a little more, like, outgoing and quirky, but still quiet. And I, I think what we're seeing is that De'Aaron is pushing buttons trying to draw out yes. Keegan. And he's trying to help him along to be that guy, to like be able to show more personality. Mm-hmm. And and I think the good thing was, oh, 
We have a flag down. Yeah, we had a flag on <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, true down. Yeah, that's a that is t- 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 holding ten yards. Sorry, sorry. No, but but James, that like I know that kind of intangible stuff and that team chemistry stuff sounds like oh hey that's fun on social media. Yeah. Oh look, hey Ke- Keegan Murray smiling in a photo. Oh that's so funny. Oh De'Aaron Fox called him old. Oh that's so funny. <laughs> like all that like but on the court, that kind of stuff building that relationship allows Keegan Murray to comfortably go, hey, I am I am red hot from three to start this game. I'm going to keep shooting it. Mm. Hey, yeah. I'm, on the, I'm on the floor with two All-NBA guys. I'm going to shoot it 17 times tonight because I'm that dude. I belong here. I belong in this group. And that starts in the locker room. That starts off the court. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd also say, too, the, the deal with Keegan that people, like, you forget because he's here all the time now. And, mm-hmm. But Keegan is a twin who grew up with someone right next to him playing – in mm-hmm. every sport, going to every class, like growing up with him right next to him every day. They shared an apartment in college. They shared a car. They shared a bank account. All of these things, right? Like when you sever that tie, it's not just that you have to support a rookie. You have to make him part of your family. Mm. And that's where I think De'Aaron Fox mm-hmm. and Rasay mm-hmm. and Reno and, and Rain like they have made Keegan part of their family because Keegan's family is a long ways away. His dad is a high school basketball coach. He's got sisters that are mm-hmm. playing. Like there isn't time to go baby Keegan while he's away in right. Sacramento. But we're talking about a kid who's like 1,800, 2,000 miles away from his family. His brother, his twin brother is somewhere else. All of mm-hmm. these things, mm-hmm. they have accepted him into their world and more than just like, hey, teammate, Let's yeah. uh let's go get coffee after practice or let's uh you know let's make sure we share a conversation on the team plane. Right. No, no. He's part of their family. Right. And that's where it's not just uh, empowering him on the court, but when you start to see the ups and downs of one of your brothers, you know to step in in a different way. When you see someone struggling whether it's around the holidays or whether, you know, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. they have a, a relationship that it goes well beyond basketball. And I think that that's crucial. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great dynamic and I'm not, I'm not here to pick on the guy or do anything like that. Plenty of time to do that on D-Lo and KC, but <laughs> um, it's, it's not, it's not Draymond like Son and Wiseman, Kaminga and Poole. Like I'm the big dog. You gonna listen to me? It's it's nah. You're part of this. Like we believe in you. You're part of this. And I just I just really enjoy the dynamic that Keegan has with uh, specifically Fox and Monk. You know what I mean? I just think it's really cool. Yeah, and I I, and I even say too, like we all want that the team to have that dog, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes that that dog ignores this entire aspect that we're talking about mm-hmm. of what it is to be a teammate and what it is mm-hmm. to build a team especially when you get too many years into it and you're just so used to treating people a certain way. And, and I think that sometimes you get lost in that. I, that's where I think the, the relationship and, and I'm also, I'm going to put a lot of this on Mike Brown. I think Mike mm-hmm. Brown is, mm-hmm. has really done a good job of building a family. Here. Yep. And I, I, I think agree. that that's big. Yeah. I agree. Big game tonight. Yeah, it's a little bit. Warriors did the Warriors did the Kings a solid last night. They did, man. They did. They went to OT. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you just Kenny's just rooting for OTs. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> I think everybody in Sacramento was. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, no, I just uh, you 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 brought it up. Golden State's young guys playing a lot better since well, the suspension. Warriors three and one since the suspension. Well, I'm just. Well, I, 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 look, I, look, I, I'm gonna tell you right now. <laughs> That team looks re-energized. Mm. They look refocused. Since I'll just say it, Dark Cloud isn't hanging around. Yeah, that—that's what it is. Yeah, kind so of feels like it. When he does come back, he's gonna have to learn how to fit in, as opposed to I'm back now. Nah, fit in, bro. He's yeah. never going to fit in. Mm. And I know that. I, I mean, I dealt with Demarcus. Same thing. Yeah, like they they've done it this way their whole career. They think that they've made it because of their uh, not being flexible and this their way or the highway. They think that that's how they made it. Makes it really tough. They're gonna try and woo saw him <laughs> into the bench. Remember your pressure points. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. No, they'll make yeah. sure that they say it to him so many times that it's his idea, and then he's okay with it. There you yeah, go. Thousand percent. Well, that's yeah, it. You gotta, yeah, you got to you got to mess with his mind a little. Yeah. Bit. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, Kenny, what do you guys got coming up on, on D-Lo and Casey? Man, previewing the big game, Celtics-Kings tonight. Um, we'll talk about the games, the NBA last night. It was, the NBA was popping last night. It was some, some big-time moments. And I think we're going to spend a lot of time on the greatest player of all time because that seems to have taken off this morning. Yeah, I, Shaq's crazy for that one. Mm. Shaq's kind of. I wouldn't say he's crazy, but I agree with Kenny. the The fact that he's the fact that there's a great player like Shaq that's willing to put that out there says a lot. Like that's whether you think Steph's the greatest of all time or not. Like that doesn't. The fact that he's there is is a pretty big compliment to me. Um, Shoot, what was I going to say? It was about to say. Oh, did you see Derek White shot 18 threes last night? I didn't know he shot that many He shot threes. 18 threes. He shot more shots than anybody on their team. He shot 24 times. Mm, see, that's they the formula. They 41 threes as a team. Damn. That's the formula. They, like, Derek White is good, but he's doing like a little Marcus Smart situation. Tatum needs to be taking all the shots. Yeah, mm. I agree. I think that's what you're going to see tonight. If he plays. Injury report's not out yet. He got a little mm-hmm. banged up last night. Yep. All right, that does it for us. Uh, James and I are out of here. D'Lo and Casey are in here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.